I'm not crying, you're crying. Please help me welcome the Premier of Alberta, the Honourable Jason Kenney. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, to you and the Tourism Industry Association of Alberta for your presence, for your warm welcome, and more, more importantly, for your resilience over the two toughest years in the history of your industry and perhaps for our province in at least a century. Thank you for that heartwarming video, Travel Alberta, and uh, great that you've got uh, Brett Kissel as your ambassador who, who did that song. Uh, Brett is a, just a beauty. He's an Alberta classic, a fifth-generation Alberta rancher and farmer uh, who just personifies the spirit of this province, and what a great choice. Um, thank you very little for the uh, introduction, Alicia. I don't like those long bios, uh, but uh, it reminds me that my, tomorrow is my 25th anniversary to my first election, in that case to the Parliament of Canada, 13 elections ago, but who's counting? Uh, 25 years. Now, the Supreme Court of Canada ruled last week that 25 years is cruel and unusual punishment. So, uh, it has been a long ride, and in that, I want to say I have worked closely with this industry in so many different respects, including uh, at the federal level, uh, sometimes happily and other times with a bit of tension. I, David Goldstein and I are often re recall how uh, we used to bump into each other uh, a little bit when he was at TIAC and uh, uh, I was Minister of Immigration. Uh, but I want to say how, what a great hire that Travel Alberta has made in David, who is bringing tremendous professionalism uh, to uh, the, uh, Travel Alberta and the industry. Thank you very much for the good work you do, sir, you and your colleagues. I'm delighted to be joined by, uh, near, I think, about a third of the government caucus. So if this is your advocacy day, count it as a huge success. Uh, I know you've had a number of ministers here, uh, including Minister LaGrange. I believe we have Ministers Coppin and Wilson. We have the intrepid uh, voice for uh, tourism in the government of Alberta, Parliamentary Secretary Martin Long. Thank you for his great work. And we have uh, MLAs uh, Nathan Newdorf, Jeremy Nixon, Roger Reed, Jordan Walker, uh, Dan Williams, Richard Godfrey, Leela here, and I know others have been here. I want to give a special shout out to Miranda Rosen from uh, the, the Bow Valley Corridor MLA. She has been also a relentless champion uh, for your industry. And there's many others who have, have been as well who've been not able to attend uh, here this week. It is great to be at this beautiful new uh, Alberta Hotel, the JW Marriott, in the heart of downtown Edmonton's Ice District. And it, it's kind of fitting that we're gathering here today because this is the site of what was a huge win for Alberta tourism in the midst of the dark days of COVID uh, when we secured the Stanley Cup playoffs and finals in this uh, bubble, uh, the Edmonton Ice District bubble, which was really headquartered here at the JW. And that was just one example of the kind of creativity uh, of Alberta's government in defending this industry, even in the darkest days uh, when there were lockdowns across the world, we somehow managed safely to accommodate uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs and finals right here across the street at the magnificent Rogers Place. It was an amazing opportunity to showcase the best of Alberta's tourism offering, and I want to thank Travel Alberta for having stepped up to the plate then uh, with a special marketing campaign so we could leverage uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs here uh, to a North American and global market. And now this year, as the world's eyes are on Edmonton, once again, 
through the recently concluded uh, Battle of Alberta. Sorry, Calgary fans. Uh, and I'm sure you've all been litigating whether that was a legitimate call or not. Uh, I, or, or how about the one last night? That guy was clearly offside. But uh, when on, on Saturday, when the Oilers host uh, the Colorado Avalanche here, we'll hopefully see them uh, come back after last night's 6-8 to eight loss in that 14-goal uh, bar, barn burner. So it feels like we're calling, coming full circle in a way here today, just over two years since the NHL put the 2020 season on hold. The contrast between now and then could not be more stark, as instead of the uncertainty of COVID, we can look ahead to the certainty of a rebounding economy and a return to normal, and I believe a return to a future of explosive growth and opportunity in Alberta's tourism sector. I want to tell you that when we were developing our bold plan uh, to get Alberta back on track before the last election, the most detailed platform in our electoral history, 375 points, we included the most robust section on tourism policy, I think, ever in an uh, election platform with what some thought was a ridiculously ambitious goal of doubling tourism spend here in Alberta. But we did that because we wanted to aim high. And we see your industry, this industry, as a critical part of the path to diversification of Alberta's economy. We know we have some of the greatest uh, tourism assets and experiences to offer the world, but that we don't get the, the level of visits and of, of spend of uh, activity that, we, that our, our assets justify. And then we also know that uh, despite the ambition of those goals and your best efforts as an industry, uh, we all got clobbered. You got clobbered harder than anybody during the pandemic. Alberta's tourism sector suffered the most the significant single-year drop uh, of tourism ever. Expenditures fell by $5 billion uh, from 2019 to 2020, which saw approximately 23,000 jobs lost in your sector, a 30% drop compared uh, to pre-pandemic levels. Before the pandemic, Alberta's visitor economy was a $10 billion industry supporting 20,000 tourism businesses and about 82,000 jobs. So it was massive disruption that had serious impact on the industry as a whole. And let's face it, unfortunately, the impact will continue to linger, um, particularly as long as the federal government doesn't allow travel to come back fully to normal. And let me just pause on that point to say, we were innovative here with the NHL bubble, but we were also innovative in advocating for and putting together the Alberta Travel Pilot Program, which I think was a huge success. Because right from, I think, month two of the pandemic, in April of 2020, uh, we, you know, we were meeting with the Prime Minister and the Federal Ministers, all the Premiers, uh, initially every week, uh, and then typically a couple of times a month. Uh, right from the beginning, I want to tell you that on behalf of your industry, I advocated for the Government of Canada to work with the provinces in developing safe travel protocols, to look at best practices around the world. And very early, even in the first quarter, the first that spring of 2020, we saw certain other jurisdictions adopting smart travel policies that weren't simply sledgehammer shutdowns of travel. And that's, it's through that effort we developed the Alberta Travel Pilot, which uh, I'm told by some in the airline industry uh, helped to save a lot of businesses 
uh, and keep uh, some of our airlines moving after the catastrophe of their uh, collapse in demand in that sector. So I'm proud of what we did with the Alberta Travel Pilot. I regret that in December of uh, 2020, the federal government arbitrarily shut it down. Uh, but that didn't stop Alberta for calling on the feds to be smart in the way they applied COVID air travel restrictions. We all understood the need for uh, sensible public health policies, but for those to be applied with a heavy dose of common sense. And there's been a great absence, I, I would argue, of common sense in federal COVID travel policy, which is why um, I see Andy Gibbons from WestJet vigorously nodding his head, uh, which is why uh, Andy and his interim CEO uh, were in my office in, I think, December 15th or 16th of last year, uh, just after I'd gotten off the phone with the Prime Minister, consulting us on his latest round of uh, travel lockdowns. And uh, <laughs> it, believe me, it was going to be a whole lot worse than it ended up being. And I, I kind of started a bit of a rebellion amongst the Premiers to say, hold on, where you want to go on this is not justified. Uh, and it looks a whole lot more like, like frankly, uh, political public health theatre as opposed to sensible public health policies. So I'd like to think we had at least some mitigating impact in defending this industry, uh, the airlines and your industry. And we have never given up in pointing out that there are uh, 800,000 Canadians that work directly and indirectly in travel and tourism, and they for too long got left out and left behind by, I think, indefensible policy. So we, I just want to, to leverage that to say right now, we reiterate our call on the federal government to get fully back uh, to normal as Europe has done, as most of the world has done. There's no reason why we can't do that uh, here as well. And I must say, I did enjoy uh, Alexis van Honsbroek's uh, tweets yesterday from Europe pointing out that there are no vaccine mandates and no mask requirements on flights in Europe. Um, I hope, Andy, he doesn't get in trouble with Ottawa for that. Uh, folks, I know that the, the impact of COVID is deeper and, and broader than, simply than those federal restrictions, and that's why Alberta's government has provided finan important financial support throughout the pandemic. You know that, the WCB premium relief, uh, the grants to small and medium-sized businesses, uh, for your industry particularly, the abatement of the tourism levy, uh, which provided $50 million in vital, vital cash flow, in which we extended uh, a second time for an additional $20 million in support in 2021 and 22. Uh, that meant eligible accommodation providers facing a 40% decline in room revenue compared to 2019 were able to keep the tourism, uh, their collected tourism levy funds. And as you know, uh, we've heard directly from uh, stakeholders like yourselves the, in the association, in TIA, uh, from the Calgary Hotel Association, that tourism levy abatements have been helpful to this accommodation sector, allowing businesses to keep every available dollar. Uh, a survey of Alberta's hospitality sector in October of last year indicated that about 70% of businesses were operating at a loss or were just breaking even. And on top of that, tourism expenditures in Alberta are not forecast to return to 2019 levels for domestic travel until the later part of this year and not until 2024 uh, for uh, uh, visitors from the United States and overseas. That's why we've been taking action. And in fact, um, Alberta's government was the first in Canada to realize the depth of the COVID impact on the economy, which is why in June of 2020, just three months into the pandemic, we released the Alberta Economic Recovery Plan. 
with a huge emphasis on diversification and on tourism uh, in particular. Uh, at that, around that time, we appointed Martin Long to be the Parliamentary Secretary. He was doing amazing work up in the Jasper Park area with tourism operators uh, and thought he was a natural advocate within government for the industry. Thank you, Martin, for your great work. We immediately provided $48 million in financial assistance to the five primary regional destination marketing organizations, including those in Edmonton, Calgary, Jasper, Banff, and Camor, uh, to mitigate the financial impact of COVID-19. And a total of $13 million was, supported, uh, was provided to support select DMOs across the province, which are also key partners in tourism development and promotion. In 2021, uh, we took an important step forward by expanding the mandate of Travel Alberta with the Travel Alberta Amendment Act, allowing the agency to work directly with communities, businesses, and entrepreneurs to develop new tourism destinations, products, and experiences. To facilitate this, our government announced an additional $66 million over three years, uh, the revenue generated by uh, the hotel levy. And uh, more than 90% of that will be directly invested in Alberta's tourism industry across all regions of the province. And I know this had been a long-standing irritant with the industry, that the government was collecting that, that tourism levy, but scooping 80% of it for general government revenues. Uh, and now we've brought real balance back, I think, to the uh, highest level of spend, I believe, in history for Travel Alberta uh, through that budget allocation of 60, uh, uh, $66 million. Already this has meant that in 2021, Travel Alberta facilitated the distribution of $18 million in financial relief and assistance for tourism businesses and destination organizations across the province. And that meant last year providing more than $12 million in direct support to 225 businesses who needed it. They've invested in turn over $6 million from the Product Development Fund to support 49 tourism infrastructure and asset projects, uh, 10 of which were with uh, First Nations. And, uh, uh, Travel Alberta has signed a three-year, $3.75 million partnership agreement with Indigenous Tourism Alberta uh, that will support reconciliation efforts and foster positive economic and social outcomes for Indigenous communities. It, I, I just want to thank Minister Wilson, our Minister for Indigenous Relations, for being here. He, is, he and I get very passionate when we talk about the possibility of Indigenous tourism, a huge expansion in Indigenous tourism. I often reflect, I've been, when I've been to New Zealand, I've seen the amazing tourism experiences that the Maori people have developed that are world-class and realize we have the potential, our First Nations, our Indigenous people here have potential to offer something of that world-class quality uh, to visitors who want to see and understand better the Indigenous experience and cultures and history uh, in Western Canada. And, and Rick has been a relentless champion of this and I think, I think the sky is the limit as we've developed those partnerships with Indigenous-led tourism opportunities. Travel Alberta's expanded mandate uh, ensures that it plays a key role in supporting Alberta's economic recovery plan by developing, marketing, and promoting Alberta's tourism sector with the ultimate goal of not just recovering to pre-pandemic levels, but we hope eventually getting to that hugely ambitious goal of doubling the economic impact of the sector over time. And Travel Alberta is taking innovative steps to do just this. 
Uh, they, I don't know you know this, but it bears repeating. They worked with air carriers to secure 77,000 incremental seats across seven routes and 21 weekly flights between Calgary and Edmonton International Airports and key U.S. destinations, something that opens up more opportunities uh, to bring visitors to our province. Uh, and by the way, if you're looking at year-over-year -year air passengers at the Calgary and Edmonton airports, they're up 413% in April, which is hugely encouraging. I do want to give a special shout-out to WestJet, because it is Alberta's flagship carrier, and uh, for their resilience uh, through COVID, um, and uh, for bringing back uh, their, uh, their Dreamline service, uh, most of which is based out of Alberta, uh, to global destinations. And I'm also encouraged to see this, the startup carriers emerging out of Alberta, I think in part because of our broader open for business uh, policies, uh, and with new uh, forthcoming uh, um, uh, flight service from Lethbridge, the newly expanded Lethbridge Airport, thanks to a $30 million grant, Nate. To Arizona, we're also investing in expanding and upgrading the Red Deer Airport, hopefully to attract regular service for central Alberta, a very exciting time in Alberta aviation. Today, Alberta is leading Canada in economic and job growth, and we have the lowest unemployment since early 2015. So now Alberta is on the path to a strong recovery. I believe the support by, provided to this industry by taxpayers has put the sector on a solid foundation to recover and grow. But ultimately, a, a sector's recovery does fundamentally depend on welcoming more international visitors back to our province. And this, once again, means we need to liberalize federal travel policies. Uh, so our advocacy and success hosting world-class sports and athletic events in Alberta during COVID-19 is already paying off. Designers of the Tour de France are, welcome, are working on an amateur route uh, in the Edmonton area in August. I understand the first time that l'étape de Tour de France is happening in Canada. Edmonton is in the running to be host, host city for FIFA's uh, 2026 World Cup. And we have offered our conditional support if we can get a good deal on that. And Alberta is also getting boosted by Hollywood in a big way. Right now we have the uh, film productions in Alberta have expanded by tenfold over the past three years. Our film spend has gone from 100 million a year to a billion a year. Uh, we have attracted the single largest film or television production in Canadian history, the HBO blockbuster, The Last of Us. Uh, and we hope that'll be about a six year shoot should they extend uh, the production. And let me tell you, if, if that's based on a, the second most popular video game uh, in, in, on, on the global market. If just 1% of the people who have bought the Last of Us video game visit Alberta to see where the, the, the film is done, that'll be half a million people. This has the potential to be, for Alberta, what Lord of the Rings was for New Zealand tourism. That's just one example. Last year, Ghostbusters Afterlife topped the box office across the world, uh, and it was shot almost entirely in Alberta. In fact, a lot of people seem to be catching on. Alberta made Forbes' list of the top 22 places in the world to visit this year. And Banff was listed as a top honeymoon destination for this year by town and country, one of only three Canadian cities or locations on the list. So there is really a great story to tell. And the good news is Travel Alberta is here to help you do just that. As we move forward, we'll continue to work with TIA 
and listen to job creators and business owners in your industry to make sure that you have the tools and resources you need to continue the recovery from the COVID era. We've taken real steps to make tourism not just a talking point in government, but a real priority because we are uh, obsessed with the diversification and your industry is a key part of it. Um, before COVID, we were talking about more than $10 billion per year and we, can know, we know we can do much better than that. I'm just going to cl close with a, uh, a citation from a, I think a beautiful description of the, this province and what it has to offer that was published on September the 1st, 1905 in a booklet about the day Alberta became a province called The Province and People of Destiny. They published this. They said, this new province of Alberta, by virtue of its extent and varied character, is destined to become the brightest gem in the crown and the great empire that encircles the world. It is a delightsome land with its prairies and its mountains, its forest and fertile fields, and a healthy and invigorating climate with perennial youth in the very air. There is avenue and opportunity for every kind of effort and enterprise. Thank you for the effort and enterprise that you all demonstrate as key job creators in Alberta. And thank you for offering this delightsome land with its prairies, mountains, forests, and fertile fields to the world. God bless and good luck. Thank you for those great remarks. Wonderful to hear from you. And we can feel your passion from the industry from those remarks and from the way you've carried yourself uh, in leading us. So thank you very much. A couple of questions. And in advance of this opportunity, I had surveyed many folks in the audience to understand what they are curious about and, and would like to hear from you. So I've got two questions for you. One is that, as I've said, you've been such a zealous advocate for the tourism industry throughout the pandemic. And as you alluded to, the tourism industry was the first hit, the hardest hit, and we're still very much in recovery. The federal government recently announced that the border restrictions would continue and remain intact, and that makes Canada one of the few countries in the world to have those measures remain in place at present. We're wondering, what were your conversations like with the federal government leading up to that announcement? And what do you think needs to happen to allow us to be fully open for business? Well, <laughs> hey, Dan. I, hey, Dave, good to see you. Uh, and another great, I should mention uh, Dave Rodney and his great work with, uh, it, it, the, with the Vest Alberta Corporation in, in trying to bring significant new capital investment in the, in the industry as well. Um, I will tell you that I actually had a conversation with a, I'll just be generic about this, a very senior federal person um, three weeks ago in a bit. And I was... I walked away from that with the um, hope and expectation that we'd be lifting all, pretty much all of those restrictions right away. That did not happen. And uh, so I can share with you this, that um, back in December, um, I was in my office in Calgary. And we, the Prime Minister convened a council, of the, or sorry, First Minister's meeting with all the premiers and senior federal ministers and uh, told us about some really draconian travel restrictions that he was contemplating bringing in, ostensibly uh, to address the Omicron wave. And uh, I said, I knew that uh, Dr. Theresa Tam, the federal chief, medical, chief public health officer, was on the call. 
And I said, Dr. Tan, uh, help me understand this. Is it not true that uh, Omicron has reached a point of such widespread community transmission that additional restrictions on inbound travel would effectively do nothing to mitigate or control community transmission of, the, of this variant. There's a long pause, and she said, well, yes, Premier, that's completely accurate. Uh, there is nothing that, the, that travel restrictions will do to abate or limit transmission of Omicron, given its presence in the community. So I said, so Prime Minister, why then are you doing this? Why are you taking an, a, another sledgehammer to an industry that employs 800,000 people if it's not actually going to control or limit transmission? And he said, well, Jason, you guys at the provincial level get to control all the levers. The only levers we really have are on travel, and we have to be seen to be doing something. So I took away from that. It wasn't coming from Public Health Canada. It wasn't about viral control. It was about optics. And I don't know, there's an Ontario election this week, uh, there's other political considerations perhaps, um, but for some reason, they, I, I think they've just made a decision that there's a certain cohort of the electorate that um, uh, feels safer with the political uh, theater of restrictions like that. And I think until, unless and until they see a substantial change in public mood, that's probably going to be the policy. I don't think it's, it's about COVID, I think it's about um, polling. Sorry to be discouraging, but I would just encourage, like, to, be, to be encouraging, just encourage the industry just to keep hammering away on this and uh, keep making the point. Uh, and, and I think eventually the message will get across. Thank you. Our mood is that we're so ready for recovery, so let's keep that mood coming and keep that message coming through strong. Thank you. Second question is for you, reflecting on all of the wins and the headwinds that you've faced during your tenure and the work we have to do to continue to elevate the tourism industry, I want to hear you speak about opportunities. The tourism industry is a major economic driver, job creator, innovator within the province, and yet there exists so much untapped opportunity in this space. Looking forward, what do you think are the biggest opportunities for the tourism industry to reach its full potential and how can we best work with government to get there? Two that pop into mind are uh, aviation. And as I say, we're, we're experiencing almost a mini boom in aviation in Alberta. It's very encouraging with all of the new service coming on stream. I think the expansion of the Red Deer and Lethbridge airports um, and the uh, bold visions of both the Calgary and Edmonton airports um, and, uh, and, and these new carriers, and new, new choice, new service, all of that combined, I think, bodes well. Um, the second thing that, that pops into mind, which right now is a, let's face it, a very small sliver of the tourism sector in Alberta, but I think has huge potential, is Indigenous tourism. I, I talked about that, uh, and uh, we've provided funding to help uh, work with First Nations to uh, expand their tourism offering. Uh, I know Minister Wilson secured important capital funding, for example, for Métis Crossing infrastructure funding uh, to build uh, a, a great tourism experience there. Uh, but I think so much more could be done. You know, uh, I don't know if any of you have visited Blackfoot Crossing. It is the site of the signing of Treaty 7 in, uh, I believe, 1874. And it is an historic place for the Blackfoot people in particular. Uh, they built, I assume with the assistance of the federal government about a decade ago, a really impressive multi-purpose 
building with, um, uh, with a museum, with archival rooms, with performance space, uh, and it's, it's a great facility uh, with magnificent vistas right in the heart of Blackfoot territory, and yet, as far as I know, they have no regular programming. I mean, I can imagine that would be a place, I've been told by the Calgary Stampede, and when they pitched us on funding for the SAM Center, which is, uh, by the way, I think a brilliant project, they told me that uh, not infrequently, a busload of Asian or European tourists will arrive in front of the Calgary Stampede Exhibition Park gates in the middle of a snow-swept day in February to decamp and take a picture in front of the gates that say the Calgary Stampede. And there's nothing available for them to go and visit. There's no, but why are they doing that? Because they want to be associated somehow with the Western heritage, uh, with the frontier, uh, the frontier idea. And I guess unless they go and visit some of the exhibits at the Glenbow Museum, which is, by the way, um, $80 million in public investment and upgrading that to a world-class museum as an additional great tourism asset. But unless they go and visit the Glenbow or something, they almost have nowhere to go to, to actually experience Western culture, history, heritage. And uh, imagine if we had uh, First Nations with a world-class tourism offering where those those tourists could go and spend half a day um, seeing how pemmican is made and, and watching a powwow and uh, uh, learning about the history of the, 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 the Plains Buffalo and the Plains Indians and, and uh, the whole story and actually speak to indigenous elders and, uh, and all of and, and the whole. I remember back in the day, remember they had Banff, Banff Indian Days, they called it, where, which was a huge tourism draw. We don't seem to have those experiences available. I know First Nations are keen to, to develop uh, and redevelop those opportunities, but I think that could be a huge, a win-win, not just a win for the industry, uh, but also a win for First Nations in their efforts to develop their, their local economies. So those are two things I would point to, would be aviation and the potential for Indigenous tourism. Yeah, we hear you loud and clear on that, and there are many representatives within the room that are very keen to advance those aims, and this is going to be the room of people that's going to work so hard on that, and the many, many thousand people who are working out in the fields to deliver incredible tourism and hospitality experiences in the province. So we're with you on those opportunities, and we want to see those come to life. Thank you. Okay, so that wraps our time with you, Minister, uh, Pre uh, Premier Kenny, pardon me. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. And uh, we're, we're so grateful for everything that you've done. We're thankful for the time that you spent with us this morning. Thank you. Thank very you much. very much, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you.